Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Larry Ball, former Miami Dolphin. I'm listening to the Fantasy Jester Show. I'm Arturo Freeman, former NFL player, defensive back, and I listen to the Fantasy Gesture. This is Pat Sertan, and you're listening to the Fantasy Gesture Show. Know your role and shut your mouth because the people's champ is ready to talk. The people's champ? I don't know. People's champ. People's champ. It sounds good. I just prefer to be called the Fantasy Jester. How are you tonight, folks? That's right. I am the Fantasy Jester. Therefore, it is and must be on Saturday night, the Fantasy Jester Show coming to you live, D-Land, Florida, in the house tonight. Absolutely gorgeous night out. We've got a little bit more humid than I would like as we get ready for uh, what could be a possibly rainy day on uh, Monday coming. And we've got a couple of fronts headed, so a little bit more humid than I would like, but I can't complain. Truly blessed. And I hope wherever you are tuning in from at this time, whether it's tonight or you're listening in on iTunes, uh, I really hope wherever you are, it's absolutely beautiful and you're having a great day as well. Looking forward to tonight's show. This is, we are, we are on a Sunday that's coming. And this is a Sunday that if you're a sports fan, you're coming off of a college weekend, college Saturday, and now, tomorrow, the first full weekend of the NFL. Then, at night, you've got the pay-per-view of Backlash. All mixed in, we're getting ready for the NBA season. We're getting ready for the NHL season. And, oh, yeah, by the way, you know, we're only winding up and getting ready for Ball playoffs. September now is here in baseball. This is it. This is the great time of year. What a lot of baseball fans have been waiting for all year long. And here it is. So, you know, I mean, right now, this is a busy, busy time in sports. And besides, speaking of busy, besides bringing in JT, in a little while, we're going to hopefully have uh, Busy Jay on the line. He's uh, supposed to come in and give us his opinion on the WWE, the predictions there. We're going to talk to JT about with Strasburg being gone. Is this the Cubs pennant to lose? We're going to talk about the NHL article. Tate Dello wrote absolutely great job on the uh, Southeast division. And we're going to take a couple of minutes to talk about that. I mean, he took care of the uh, Central, I'm sorry. The Southeast article was the NBA article by Busy J, and uh, we'll go over that. Then, of course, the rest of the show, when we finally get there, and we will, it's going to be about the NFL and what's going on and the start of the season. But more importantly, you know, later on, we're going to talk about something else that's going to be another different kind of protest is going to be going on. We're going to talk about that later on now. And, uh, and, and that's my thing. And, and that is my rant for today, folks. I don't understand something. 
you are millionaires and you're protesting about how unfair the world is and how unfair life is and you're doing it as you're amongst other millionaires. You're amongst millionaires, you're a millionaire, and you're amongst millionaires, and you're talking about oppression and what it's like in a country run by a black man. I, I just, we've gone over this before, but, you know, I'm seeing more and more people still feeling that they should protest the national anthem. And, you know, okay. How about this? Part of your job description is at the beginning of it, we are going to have the national anthem. Now, <clears throat> there is a certain part of law about standing at a, for the national anthem, but that we won't even get into that. Your bosses are expecting you to stand at the, who are giving you these millions, are expecting you to stand at the national anthem and they're talking about I, the best thing I heard was I'm doing it because there's no other way for me to get this out there this was uh, Marshall's uh, words the other day yesterday I find that hard to believe I find it hard to believe that a group of millionaires who have the platform such as being NFL players, people will give you airtime. You won't even have to buy it. But you could all rally together and buy airtime. And call for peace, call for whatever it is, call for equality, call for the man on the moon. I don't care. Call for whatever you want. This isn't about whether or not you have a point. This isn't about whether or not you are right or you are wrong. This is simply about no matter what, we will stand unified for this country, good or bad, and we can talk amongst ourselves about the problems. You do have the form. You do have the ability. Nobody's saying that they don't want to hear from you. The whole world stops when an NFL player speaks or any superstar speaks. The world stops. There's no problem finding a microphone if you are a sports player, if you are a professional sports athlete. You can find a microphone real easy. You can find ways to get all your millionaire buddies together to donate to whatever cause it is in whatever form or fashion that you feel will promote positive change. But you will stand and respect the people who fought who gave their blood, gave their lives for you to be able to make millions playing a damn sport. Stop it. Stop it. Don't tell me you don't have a way to get it out there. There are ways, and you can do it without disrespecting 
a lot of good men and women. Folks, we're going to continue on. We're going to get JT in here. We're going to get Busy J in here. Uh, We've got the predictions. We've got predictions for WWE. We got football predictions. We got fantasy predictions. This was the place to be tonight if you wanted to find out a little something about every damn sport out there. This was the show to come to. And this is the guy to listen to. If you're not going to listen to just me, you know, we have a fine group. You know, as we're brought to you by FantasyJesterSports.com and Blog Talk Radio, Crystal Clear Sound. We love the folks there. Um, But we are brought to you by FantasyJesterSports.com. And we have a lot of great writers uh, involved in this and a great production crew. Everybody Love everybody that we work with. I truly do. Not a bad one in a bunch, I'll tell you. Even though, I don't know, Joey Cage can be annoying. He's, he's starting to take that Bill Crude role, role to me. Uh, Joey Cage can be annoying. I can see me having to put a chair across Joey Cage one day. Um, but I'm going to tell you, we're going to bring you a little bit of everything on all the different sports. And the first person I'm bringing in, JT, Jason Townsend, is on each and every one of my podcasts for one simple reason, for his sports knowledge. You can find him on Twitter, Fez, F-E-Z, 437. I'm bringing him in right now. No entrance tonight. I'm just bringing him in cold so that we can get going. JT, how are you tonight? Jester, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, coming to you live from Burlington, North Carolina this evening. Nice, nice. On the road. I like that. I like yes. that. Yes, on the road tonight. Excited that tomorrow is the actual kickoff. Thursday night was great. Kickoff Sunday is always a holiday for me, uh, no matter how scared I am to see what my Dolphins have happened to them in Seattle. But, hey, football's here. Playoffs are coming in baseball, NBA and hockey, not too far on the corner. Awesome, yeah. And we're going to talk about wrestling and bring Busy J right in as we get ready for backlash. One of the first things we're going to talk about. So let's get him on the line. Busy J, is that you, sir? That is me. How are you guys doing today? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Folks, Busy J is with us on the line from New York. You can't make it there. You can't make it. If you're going to make it there, you can make it anywhere. And that is the truth. Busy, that is what you are. You are now with us, joining our busy little group, getting ready to talk about every damn sport. Are you ready to talk some wrestling? Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm glad he is. I'm glad he's ready to talk some wrestling because I've got some questions. I've been waiting to talk to you all week, Busy. So let me Let's start firing at <laughs> you here. So we got the SmackDown pay-per-view backlash uh, coming up here on 9-11. Tomorrow night, I believe that is. So here's a question for you. I've looked at this card, and basically all I see is a glorified SmackDown with a main event. Your thoughts on this card? I totally agree with you. I think what happened last Tuesday put a curveball on a couple of things. I was pretty, I was 99% sure that the pencil in Rhino and Keith Slater as your tag team champions, but now with the Usos' much-needed heel turn, 
I'm going with Usos to win those tag straps and have someone for other teams to chase, which actually makes it make sense. If you think about it, you don't want to throw those belts on American Alpha. I personally believe Rhino's going to turn on Heath Slater at the end of the night, at the end of that match anyway. So it makes sense. It's best for business, no pun intended. I like the heel Usos to be the second version of the Wild Samoans. Something like you said earlier, Ooh. like we talked we talk behind the scenes, that's something they should have done with Roman Reigns had that be a stable, but they dropped the ball with that. But, again, I'm going with Usos to win the first SmackDown Tag Team title. Okay, so Usos take that. Now, the other one I have to ask you about when you look at this is the women's match. What do you see coming from this women's match? Who do you see walking out of there carrying the new SmackDown championship? I think you have to make this, you have to make that division viable, so you have to give it to Nikki Bella. You have to make someone who's credible, someone who's a former champion in her own right, she has to be awarded the first. If not her, I would say Becky Lynch, but Becky's not ready yet. I say give it to Nikki Bella. She's going to be a face for a little bit, but I, get, I promise you by the summer she'll turn heel, so then I'll be somebody Becky and everybody else to chase. I'm going with Nikki. I think they're going to they're going to go chalk here. You know, I think they're going to go with Nikki. Okay. And that's what's crazy is because, you know, the other day on the predictions, I, I got to tell you, uh, Busy J, uh, I, I, had, I have Becky. I had Becky. And of everybody that I've talked to, the only person other than you that has Nikki Bella winning was Jimmy Hart. Oh. I was over at Jimmy Hart's the other day. We were watching SmackDown together, and he just went ahead, and he was – he he was dead set on the idea that it's going to be uh, Nikki Bella. So, and I, I was so I told him I thought it was Becky. He thought I was, he, like I said, he felt I was wrong on that. But gotcha. Yeah, I think they're going to be yeah. safe for now and, and make it safe and give it to Nikki. They haven't really showed her do too much in the ring, and she's been you know she's been getting beat up to the last couple of SmackDowns. So knowing WWE the way I think I do, that's the safe bet they're going to go. Well, he went yeah, with it because. Go ahead, JT. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I look at that and you think, okay, she's trained by Finn Balor. Uh, she's really, I think, taken a, a, a step back with some of these matches with uh, everything red, Eva Marie, with, you know, no match whatsoever. It's, you know, less time for her to go out and prove herself, less air time for her. So I think there's a deal made there. I think that was basically, hey, you did this for us, you took a step back you're going to carry the bell first. Yeah, which is exactly on, uh, you know, for those of you who are interested in wrestling and you just follow the Fantasy Justice show, you know, on Wednesday nights, 9 o'clock every Wednesday, we have FXE Live, which is our coverage of WWE. Sometimes we touch on NXT, plus our own Florida brand down here that we're starting, which is FXE itself, Florida Extreme Entertainment. So, you know, we talked about that with Becky, and, you know, Jimmy Hart, like I said, I was going to tell uh, Busy, uh, his theory on it, Busy, was she was the one that was the most front and center on the promo of the six girls. Hmm. So that was, that was his take on it, is by going what the promo looked like, was uh, basically his, his whole thought process on that. Now, you know... I had stepped away for a second and I had to go help somebody over here in production for a minute. And uh, did you guys get the opportunity to talk about Ambrose and, uh, and AJ Styles yet? Not yet, but we could jump into that now if you guys want. 
Well, the thing is this is because, you know, JT came up with this great idea for the match. And I want to run it by you and see what your prediction is for the match. Is that he feels that Bray's going to come out and intervene in the match and it'll cause a three-way match in the future. Now, what, what, where are you going with these two? Now, you see, me personally, I'm just saying they're going to give it to Styles finally. See, I kind of I like I like JT's take on it. I personally think AJ will be your future world champion. It just won't happen at Backlash. It won't make it so obvious. Right. So I think I think Amber, I think Amber's holding on to it for at least a minimum Survivor Series, and that's when you get the title title uh, well, in the beginning. How many pay-per-views would that put him at that he's lost, though? I mean, how many times can you have this guy lose at a pay-per-view before you just completely well, I don't think he's devalue lose. him? Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think he lose. loses. Yeah. No contest. Bray Wyatt gets in there right as AJ Styles is doing the Styles Clash. Lights go off. Wyatt appears. DQ, no contest. You, you don't need to change the belt now. Take time to build up a storyline between these two. Uh, there's no need to rush it. And I think it's a great way to get Bray involved in the main scene as well. But JT, the fella, and JT and Justin, I got another surprise for you guys. I, okay, I right. think, I think Randy Orton loses to Wade, um, Bray Wyatt. I think Luke Harper comes back. He goes to SmackDown. <laughs> so, that, so now you got the whole everybody but Braun Strowman, the Wyatt family reunites, and they start running rough shots over SmackDown, which could possibly be like JT said, like that's how you get. Uh, a clean or a no contest victory for Ambrose without really hurting AJ Styles. So I kind of see that. So I can see that happening. So you Jesse, think you that break pull something it? like that? Yeah. I can see that happening. JT had that the other day. Bray Wyatt winning thanks to uh, Luke Harper. I, I have, nice. I'm alone then. I'm alone on the idea that I have Orton. And see, Jester, busy the way I see that is, yeah, I, like you said, Jester, you've still got the Lesnar-Orton match coming up. This, you have Luke Harper intervene. It's, a, it's not a clean win. It's not a, a clean loss, if you will, for Randy Orton. It's something where Luke Harper intervenes. They win the match that way. It doesn't hurt Randy Orton standing any whatsoever. Exactly. Because you got to remember, you got to remember too, guys, this pay-per-view is really the – bring about those new titles really to hurt hurt Dean or AJ Styles, Bray Wyatt or Randy Orton, but at least a way to make them more relevant and going forward for SmackDown. Because they kind of did put this tape up real fast. Well, I think, uh, like I said, I I didn't think of uh, Harper coming in and that was JT's thing and so you, you really think that, okay, so those two matches there, there's going to be an interruption. And then all right, what do you think is happening between uh, Miz and Dolph Ziggler? I mean, is, is Miz just going to win straight out? or? I think the never-ending Intercontinental Championship reign of the Miz will continue past this Sunday. I think he wins clean. You know, one good thing about out of people outside probably don't know about, but when friends, when best buds wrestle together, they're going to try to help their, they're going to make the best case to put their best friend over. And I think that's what Dolph is going to do with the Miz. They're great buddies behind the scenes. They're going to have a great match. I think personally it's going to be a match of the night. And you would never think match of the night when it includes the Miz, but that's what my prediction is right there. I think Miz wins clean. 
and Dolph gives him a good uh, shoulder rub and push him up forward. I uh, I, I just Dolph Ziggler one minute is going for one belt, then going for and he's losing everywhere, and I don't, I don't get it. I think he gets a heel turn. He gets a heel turn. He gets a heel turn by next month. I think that's what that's setting up. The Dolph heel turn. Wait, I mean, do you think there's a heel turn ahead, JT, on that one? They need to do something to freshen things back up. Like you just said, Ziggler's losing left and right, and it really irritates me because you get a guy that works his tail off, started showing some fire and personality, uh, you know, earlier when his match with Ambrose. So, I mean, I, I got I had some expectations for this guy, and now he's fighting The Miz. Like I said on FXE Live, I think you have a great match. I think you have Ziggler getting ready to go hit the, the super kick or, you know, something around there, and Miz hits him with a, you know, Maurice interferes, gets the referee's attention, skull-crushing finale. Miz walks out of there with the championship as he has the last few, few matches so far. He walks out with the uh, championship and a little bit more than that, doesn't he? Yes, uh, he does. Every night. Oh. Twice on Sundays. <laughs> Tag team match, guys. Where did... Uh, is everybody sold Hello, on Usos? Usos? Everybody sold on Usos. Usos. I'm afraid. Yeah, so, I yeah. am. Okay, yeah. Even and you know I like the idea of making them bad guys though, because I just like bad guys. I think I think that's what it, my problem is. I'm starting to notice too. You know, just real quick, uh, not to get off WWE and talk about something much more better than that. FXE. I'm sorry, um, but seriously, I've noticed that I am I'm more leaning towards heels. Like I need some faces. Because a lot of the guys I've been talking to and either are planning on signing over these next couple of weeks, I, I need a couple of faces. I, I'm drawn to the bad guys. And every time I go ahead, you know, I've been sitting with uh, FXE Creative uh, and uh, going over the different storylines. And I, I just have a chance for the dark side, I think. And uh, it will be seen in some of the shows. I it's going to be fun. But anyway, sorry, I, yeah. I had to get that in there yeah. because I'm just having. Uh, give me more heels. Give me more heels and everything. I think the give whole show should be heels. heels. Yeah, yeah, let them all be cowboys. Real quick, you and Busy. One word answers. CM Punk win tonight or lose in UFC debut. I'm going. Busy. Yeah, go ahead, Busy. Go win. He wins. Win. Yeah, I will. Uh, I will go lose. I'm going JT? to lose as well. I'm going to lose as well. Yeah, I think. Uh, matter of fact, not only do I think he loses, I I think he gets his ass handed to him. I think he gets his <laughs> ass handed to him so bad that that makes him go back to wrestling. Um, seriously, I, I, I'll be shocked. <laughs> Either that or you're going to see him take another year and a half to train for another fight. <laughs> well, <laughs> It'll be a long time before you know he's putting himself in there for another ass beating. So if he loses tonight, maybe he's one of these surprise uh, entrants in the traditional Survivor Series match in November. 
Listen, you know, here's the thing. And, and, you know, it's funny. You talk about that, and you never know where he might end up. And, you know, I'm sorry. I haven't ruled out CM Punk somewhere down the road for us. And I'll tell you, there are guys, and there are guys that are former WWE guys that I've ruled out. You know, a lot of people have asked me if I'm going to go after Del Rio now or Paige. And I can tell you right now, for those of you, and I've had more than one, that have asked me about Del Rio and if we're going to bring him in or Paige. I'm sorry to disappoint those of you who are looking for that to happen. I don't want the headache. It's real simple. I don't, I, I don't want the headaches. I, I don't want the drama. And from everything that I've heard from the people uh, that I need to hear from, that's what they are. That's what she, it really is that, all right, I'm going to tell you how it is. And this is why I won't be signing either one of them. Okay. First of all, Paige is a psychot from what I hear. Okay. She is really just a loony. Okay. And what she is, is a young piece of ass for an old guy trying to feel his oats still. Okay. And he's just dumb enough to follow it. I don't need that. There's plenty of good wrestlers out there that don't come with the drunken bad baggage that is Paige. So I'm good. Thanks. Chester, you As really we- need to learn how to express yourself. I, I just want to, you know, we do work on that. <laughs> I, you know, here's the thing. If it's good, I'm going to tell you it's good. If, it, if it's a piece of garbage, I, I owe it to my fans. And you know what? The, but this has nothing. I'm sorry. I, and I'm not trying to insult the fans on this one. It has nothing to do with you folks. Anybody who knows me knows that whatever it is, I'm going to speak my mind. And it's good, bad, or indifferent. And I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, but it's just my opinion. And for it, I believe I'm allowed to have my opinion anytime I want. I'm not saying my opinion is right, wrong, or indifferent, but I'm going to have my opinion. doesn't make me right. doesn't make me wrong. I'm not a good guy. I'm not a bad guy. But I can promise you one thing. I am the fantasy guy. You like that? Did you like how I oh, – I like that. See, this is why I am so good. I can just go right mm, like that, and I'm in there, just like that. You know who else is in there? Bread from your bed. Hi, folks. Fantasy Jester here to talk about breadfromyourbed.com, and I am with Ethan, the son of the owner, Joey from breadfromyourbed.com. Say hello, Ethan. Hello. And how old are you? Four. Okay, Ethan, thanks. Uh, We'll get back to you in one minute. And here's a little bit about breadfromyourbed.com. They're both a business services website and a personal finance blog. They discuss ways for people to make extra money from home, and they offer a wide variety of services for your businesses. If you need more traffic for your website, if you need social media management or marketing, if you need a website built, or if you just want to make some extra money online, these are the guys to do it. They have worked and provided results for clients ranging from small to big, and we'll show you some of those results, including the statistics and the numbers 
I highly encourage you to check them out if you're looking for help for your business to grow or you're looking to learn how to make some extra money from home. Ethan, where should people go if they're looking for a website? Headfromthebed.com And where should people go if they're looking for social media management? Headfromthebed.com And where should people go if they're looking to make some extra money? Bedfromthebed.com And where should people go to get help starting a business? Bedfromthebed.com All right, and if uh, they want to work from home, where should people go? Um, Bedfromthebed.com All right, Ethan, one more time, let me ask you. If they want to spend more time with their kids, where should parents go? Um, Bedfromthebed.com that's right, folks. Breadfromyourbed.com. What's up, Miles Jag? You're listening to the Fantasy Jesse Show. And that would be me, the Fantasy Jester. I am back. Thank you, Miles Jack, for that. And uh, good luck tomorrow. Some great games tomorrow. We've got the NFL coming up for you. We've got Busy J and his Southeast review that you can find on FantasyJesterSports.com. Right now, you can click on there, take a look at it. Uh, as we're talking, you can uh, go ahead, read it real quick, and uh, this way you uh, can follow along with what Busy Jay is going to bring you on that. We've got the NHL, the latest article by Tate and my review. We'll take a look at that article and see what I have to say on that. But first, before all of that, we are going to the Major League Baseball season. Folks, we are winding down, and right now, You know, you take a look at the National League and you take a look at the Washington Nationals. Strasburg is now potentially gone, not just for the season. He could be gone for the rest of the year, including playoffs. Is it now the Cubs pennant to lose? And the first person I am directing that question to is Jason Townsend, JT. Is it the Cubs pennant to lose now, or is is there still another team? I know you like San Fran. I don't know if you're still on them or not. Is there somebody that can get in their way, or is this this the Cubs show now? Cubs show to begin with. The team that really stands out to me is if Clayton Kershaw can get himself back to form, guys like Jose De Leon, uh, Julio Urias, and these other young Dodgers pitchers, Rich Hill, who's looked fantastic in both his starts for the Dodgers, I think the Dodgers have enough offense and enough pitching to uh, definitely give the Cubs the run for their money. Hmm. The Dodgers. And so, uh, San Fran, not so much. What, what, what are you feeling there? Madison Baumgartner has absolutely pulled a Houdini. Uh, I don't know what's going on with him. You know, this is totally not like him. Their offense has been hit or miss to begin with. Some Some weeks it's great. Other weeks, they seem to all kind of go in the hole at the same time. So the, the Giants seem like they're falling back a little bit, whereas a uh, angry, in a good way, angry Yasiel Puig's come up and hit the ball well. He's saying all the right things. And, again, the Dodgers pitching is just starting to kind of get healthy at the right time. So I think the Dodgers are the team that would be the biggest threat to the Cubs. You know, and sometimes that's just what a youngster needs for various reasons. 
Sometimes the youngster, no matter how big of a young stud you might be and up and coming, okay, you still have things to learn. And he's finding that out, and he found that out. And the best way was to send him to the minors, and, and that should be done more often for some of these young guys who struggle for various reasons. Send them back down. They're just not ready for the pro level, whether it's because they can't hit a curveball, they can't hit a fastball, or they can't get out of their own mental way. They're not ready for the show. So, And in his case, he was – you know, getting his in his own way mentally. He has all the tools. Nobody has ever questioned that. They've always questioned no, his mind. And, and, and he's got the charisma. He's got the charisma that you, you need to succeed in the major leagues, in my opinion. He's got that appeal that people want to get behind this kid. He looks like he's having a blast. He does some right. crazy stuff, you know, and, and that's exactly what I think – the Dodgers could use to give the Cubs the battle that they need. Nailed it on the head. Nailed it on the head. The kid looks like he's having fun, and people want to tap into that excitement, that enthusiasm. Uh, Busy Jay. All right. So uh, besides the Mets, is there anybody else <laughs> that's going to win this pennant? Is it the Mets pennant to lose? I mean, is it the Cubs pennant to lose? I'm afraid so. I'm afraid that the Cubs tend to lose. However, I do see them, if they get into a short series, I hate to be biased again, but if they get into a short series with the, my you Mets. You hate to be, huh? It, it kills oh, you to be biased. I can hear the strain in your voice. <laughs> yeah, if they get into a short series with the Mets, or even I'll throw this curveball at you. If they get into a short series with the Giants, where you could put out your ace twice or maybe possibly three times, They'll be in trouble. Other than that, if they can get, I guarantee you this: if the Cubs get out of the first round, they will be your National League representatives. If they're really vulnerable, only in that first, that short series, if they have to play a horse like Bunghire, or if they got to play the Dodgers to somehow get Kershaw to play better again, or they get, they're slowly getting them back into form. But if the Mets could throw, they could throw so many arms at you. That's where the Achilles heel lies for the Cubs. They get out of that first round, they're going to come out of the National League. Yeah, and uh, I find myself agreeing with the Met fan. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Some, somewhere it's snowing in hell right now, but great. I'm agreeing with the Met fan on this one. But you're right. You you are correct. That's the only way that I see that they could be vulnerable is in a short series. Uh, definitely uh, could be a killer there. I I like that. I like that. Good guys. Good work on that one. Moving along and going to the NHL, you know, we go ahead, we're, we're getting ready for the NHL season, and I I love the NHL. I love the NHL. I love hockey as much as, wait a minute, yeah, let me rephrase that. I love hockey. I'm not crazy about who runs the NHL. For those of you new to following me, if uh, you didn't catch me at the end of last year's hockey season, uh, you need to know one thing. I absolutely love the sport of hockey. I used to play the sport of hockey. I used to breathe the sport of hockey. And my only disdain for the sport is its current commissioner, who I feel is absolutely god-awful. And well, we'll talk about that 
a whole nother show. But tonight, I want to talk about the Central Division article. We have Tate Dello, who's currently joined the team here. And right now, Tate is mostly football and hockey. You know, uh, I don't trust a lot of people with my hockey, and I was going to go ahead and do these articles, but I can go ahead and hand off. It's like dealing with JT in sports, okay? You know, if I hand off JT something, I know it's in great hands, and he's going to bring it good. And if I bring over uh, Busy J for something, okay, in his particular wheelhouse, I know he's going to knock it out of the park. All right, well, you know, Tate is the same way, folks. Pay attention to his hockey analysis because, you know, while we haven't agreed on everything, I'm going to tell you right now, I've taken a look at this article, and I went through it. I am I am also the editor, so, of course, I've read it uh, to make sure it's correct, but I've also read it several times uh, as the owner and as a hockey fan. As an owner, Tate does a fantastic job, by the way. I absolutely love his articles. He makes sure he covers everything that I've asked him to cover and does a fine job of it. Uh, very, very happy and very proud to have him on the team. Now, as I look at this, though, the Central is the first one, is the first division that I can say I agree with him on. I mean, I'm looking at this, and now JT, he's got, and Busy J. He's got Dallas, number one, St. Louis, two, Chicago, three, Nashville, Minnesota, Avalanche, and then Winnipeg. Um, anybody arguing with any of that? Anybody agreeing with that? And why? Let's go Look, with, let me uh, throw busy, something out there. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead JT, and then we're going to go big, Busy J on that. Big question, big question for me on the Dallas Stars. They only retained three of their six defensive starters from last season. I know they want to let some younger defensemen make the jump up to the NHL, but the biggest question for me will be, will these players be able to make that transition to the NHL to let Dallas make a run, you know, into the playoffs or deep into the playoffs? So, you know, that's something that I question about Dallas. Well, and here, they were able to keep uh, three, like you said, but they also have the one young kid that they already know uh, in Klingberg. So, Mm -hmm. You know, they already have four guys right there. And, you know, there are so many times in a game where, depending on situation or whatnot, you're going through a rotation of four defensemen, okay? So the effect of the uh, fifth and sixth defensemen usually does not pertain to the last 10 minutes of the game unless they need a breather. And usually you can mask that in between TV timeouts and everything like that. So, um they might not be in as much trouble yet. It's going to be a younger defense, but I see what you're saying on that one. Uh, let me, you know what, JT? Before I go to uh, before I go to Busy J, you know, is this finally maybe where we see uh, Nashville maybe starting to do what some people have felt that they should have been doing this whole time with Pecorine, and that is actually put a push on. You know, he has them right in the middle of the pack of the division. Could we see a push out of uh, Nashville? You know, they added P.K. Subban on that back line. You know, that's a big add there. He's so good, you know, and and from a leadership standpoint, too. Right, right. And that young core is immensely talented to begin with. 
Then you add a guy like that. I think the only thing that would really derail the Predators from taking that next step is if James Neal and Ryan Johansson do their normal uh, droughts that they tend to get into every year, if that you know if they can keep that from happening at the same time and, and manage that a little bit, I think the the Preds make the next step. Yeah, because you know you've got. I, I'm big on the blue line. I'm a big blue line guy. You know, you build from the goal on out. You get yourself a solid goaltender, then you go ahead and build yourself a, a good defense, and then you go centers so that you can win faceoffs and control uh, the puck and control, you know, get control of the game a little easier. And then you work on your two wingers, you know. So, mm-hmm. and you see somebody, you go ahead. You have already in place a guy like Roman Yossi, who really is underrated mm. in the league, and I think he's underrated simply because he plays in Nashville. Had that, if that kid played in L.A. or, or New York, right. okay, he'd be getting a lot more. And then now you add Subban back there, okay, that gives you – that really is starting to give you some formidable guys back there. Um, Busy J, you know – I got to ask you, do you agree with, first off, do you agree with Dallas at the top of this division? I do not. I, first of all, I want to say Tate did a fantastic job with his article. I really enjoyed it. But we also have to agree that this is the toughest division in the NHL, period. Yes. And I just can't, I can't bet against a focused, determined, motivated Chicago Blackhawks. I think Ooh. they're going to come out. I think they're going wow. to come out hot. We got we got Kane focused. You know, I think the rookie is going to follow up his rookie year and have a great sensational second season. And like I said, I think you know what Nashville Predators remind me of? They remind me of the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I guarantee you, by 2017, <laughs> we're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about the Timberwolves in basketball, and we're going to be talking about the Nashville Predators in the NHL. But other than that, I have no other problems with the article. I think Dallas and Chicago flip flop a little bit. I think St. Louis is going to have a strong year again. And Winnipeg, we're not even going to talk about them. They've got a long way to go. Well, the thing is going to be with St. Louis, and, and this is where I wasn't completely sold on the idea of any trade. You know, Elliot is gone. You've handed it over to Jake Allen, who um, – I don't know. Is anybody a little nervous? All right. I'm not a St. Louis Blues fan, by the way, but I am nervous for the St. Louis Blues. And let me ask right. Busy first and, and JT, uh, you know, is anybody else scared that Jake Allen isn't going to make it the full season? Busy? I don't think he's going to make it the full season. He just can't, he can't rely on it. Can't rely on yeah. It. No, I don't think so. JT, what are you going to say? Well, can I also say losing Captain David Bats didn't help either uh, for them. So, uh, Jake Allen, though, a guy that, uh, you know, a guy like Jake Allen has the talent. I don't think he has the focus yet to be a guy that you can depend on to win those, uh, you know, two-to-one, one-to-nothing type of games night in and night out. Uh, I'm ready to see – uh, and this is going to sound – this could sound crazy to some of you because he had 40 goals. But I'm looking to see Tarasenko yes. break it. Vlad is amazing. I'm ready to see now somebody step up. Yeah, Bacchus is gone. Somebody like Tarasenko should be the guy 
now to step up. And in his game, he's got the ability to step his game up to be the leader just simply right. by his game play. I, I want to see, because he's got it in him. You know, I miss our 50-goal scorers in this league. I, I miss the guys that you get 50 goals, 80 assists. You know, where are the guys getting 130, 150 points in a season? And you're not going to see the 150 points probably anymore simply because of the, I'm going to tell you, the goaltender's equipment. It's real simple. There's no great mystery right. why, you won't, why you won't see it. 50 goals, though, this kid, I believe, this could be his year. That's, that, that's just how I feel about it. I don't so, know. So, Jester, Jester let, real mm-hmm. quick question. So, when you talk about Vladimir Tarasenko, do you put him on, in the category of elite scorers talent-wise as, you know, some of the guys like a, a particular Washington Capitol? Um, I put him, yes. No, uh, as far yeah. as you, the elite players in the league, Tarasenko has all the ability to be – the top guys with Ovechkin, Crosby, all those guys, Tarasenko's name should be there. Uh, I have not questioned his talent in any phase of the game. He takes time off every once in a while. He gets into Uh silly slumps that he just shouldn't have somebody that talented. Uh, I believe that's a maturity thing more times than not. So as he gets older and develops into – and this is why you look at that Bacchus move. You know, is St. Louis kind of helping force the maturity of Tarasenko to be a leader? Because once he is mature and that leader, what will he bring as a player that skilled and talented? So, you know, that might be a little bit of what they were doing too is, okay, let's make it his time going to be interesting. Hmm. You know, the other interesting thing, and as we're going ahead and switching gears, as we go through this spicy, spicy sports jambalaya today, a little bit of everything for everybody. The NBA, we're going to get to the NFL, but first, the NBA, our coverage of the NBA is mostly going to be covered by our man, Busy J, and he's been going ahead he dropped down the second article on us, and it was absolutely a great breakdown. Southeast, the Southeast Review. Busy, what should people know about the Southeast? Who are they looking at? Uh, we see your teams here on the articles, but go ahead, explain it to the people, how you see all the Southeast breaking down this year. I think it's simple. I think the Southeast, we got to start – with the team that finished first last year. That will be the Atlanta Hawks. Yes, they lost Jeff Teague to the Pacers via trade. Yes, Al Horford went to Beantown. But you still got Dwight. You got an aging Dwight Howard who's returning home, and we've seen what returning home has done to Dwayne Wade and LeBron James. So maybe that helps, helps Howard get his focus. And I also think Schroeder, you still got a lot of role players, Schroeder. You got Humphreys. They have enough talent to come out of that division. But also keep an eye on Washington. They, you know, they had this injury-plagued year last year. Another year under Scott Brooks, who's a great coach in his own right. You still got Wall. You still got Beal. 
couple of key role players. They should be fine. They'll be coming in second place, I think, in that division. Charlotte, another playoff team last year. They'll return. They lost a couple of key players, but they still have Batum. They still got Marvin Williams. They still have who I think is one of the best point guards in, in Callum Walker. So I think the Hornets will make the playoffs again. I think we're going to get three playoff teams out of that division. And I expect Miami to continue to slide. They're in total rebuilding mode. Pat Riley doesn't like that word. He utterly hates it, but he's going to have to get used to the fact we don't know if we're going to get Chris Bosh. That's why I dropped him so low. I think his playing days are done, and I don't think Dragic can hold the load by himself without the franchise the way ways. So that's pretty much my quick little recap of the Southeast Division. It's going to be a competitive division. It was a competitive division last year that produced four playoff teams. So we'll see how this season looks. Okay. All right. JT, you want to go next on this one? Yeah. yeah when I look, great article, busy as always. Uh, love reading your stuff. When I look at this, though, I have to question uh, having Atlanta at the top of that division. Uh, Dwight Howard's a, a tool, plain and simple. He doesn't have it between the years. The guy's a selfish player. He's hurt every team he's been on since my uh, Lakers took the magic out in the finals. Ever since then, the guy's been on a down, downward spile. The Rockets couldn't get wait, wait to get rid of this guy. I think he's a downgrade uh, with in comparison to Al Horford. Uh, Teague, good player. I like Jared Jack. I thought that was a nice signing for them. I think he's a more than capable player. Uh, when I look up at Washington, no picks in the draft this year. You know, that kind of hurt a little bit. Um, some of the guys, though, coming back, if Bradley Beal can stay healthy, John Wall, that's a scary backcourt. Uh, the one move that really soured me on this division in general, don't get me wrong, I like the guy, but for Victor Oladipo to get traded for Serge Ibaka, I just think that Serge Ibaka and – Vucevic down low just won't get it done. Oladipo's a guy I think that helps in so many facets of the game. Orlando just seems doomed to be in oblivion, and it's a shame because it was a once-proud yeah. franchise. But overall, this division to me is not one that I'm really excited to watch this year. You know, as I take a look at it, and I have to uh, be honest with you, I really see the Washington Wizards being the team that steps up a little bit more than people are going to think and a little bit going to fly a little bit more under the radar than they should. Bunch of things. They have a second year in the system. They've got players that, you know, I'm sorry. I don't understand how some of these players aren't looked at and not considered better than they are. You know, you look at some of their draft rankings for the players and you know, you go ahead on the fantasy draft and you can pick Washington players late and it's like, really? I don't, I don't get it. Why is, I don't get it. Right. One of those guys, uh, Jan Mahimi oh, was a sneaky pickup, you know, guys like yeah. this guy. Anytime this guy's gotten playing time, he can put up a 15 and 11 game and he can shoot the ball, pull the opposing center away from the basket. So this is a sneaky pickup. Uh, and one I like for the Wiz. Just I'm telling you, they, they've got a nice, they've got a nice little roster there, and I really don't see much competition in the division. And, and I really, 
that's the one thing is I don't agree with the idea that the Hawks all of a sudden now have a, a good team by subtraction and adding, uh, you know, what they've added. And, uh, yeah, I, I can't be uh, talked to about my feelings on Dwight Howard. I'm too close to the Orlando Magic uh, area, and uh, I've watched too many Orlando Magic uh, games to say anything good about Dwight Howard. So um, I got to remember, I spent a lot of time very, very close to the Orlando bench when Dwight Howard was there. So um, I know a little bit too much about Mr. Howard. Uh, And as far as my poor Orlando Magic go, I I don't see a team. I love you guys. I do. I love you very much. And I'm going to cheer like hell for you. But I have not seen a team look so lost, so lost during an off season. You know, Oladipo. First of all, I I still I don't understand somebody as versatile as Oladipo. Why you get rid of somebody like that? You get rid of somebody versatile for somebody for, that's one dimensional. So I, I, you know, right there, I just, I, I just don't understand their off season. God bless them. I hope they do well, uh, but I really just, uh, they're in trouble. They're in trouble this year. I, I really hope that they aren't, but I, uh, I'm not feeling too good about it. Got to be honest with you guys. What I am feeling good about though is who wants to go diving? Hi, folks. Us? It's Barbara here for Deep Obsession Charters. Whether you live in the beautiful West Palm Beach area or you're planning on visiting the Sunshine State and you love to dive, you have to contact South Florida's premier dive operators, Deep Obsession Dive Charters, out of the West Palm Beach area. They are a full-service dive operation. They've got everything from equipment sales and rentals, and they're also a PADI-certified dive center, and they offer certifications from beginning all the way to pro. Deep Obsession offers wreck dives, reef dives, night dives, and dives to the beautiful Blue Heron Bridge, which was voted one of the world's best macro dive sites. But their best adventure, I believe, is their baited shark dives. Here you will be educated on the importance of conservation of these beautiful endangered creatures while being up close and personal with them. It's truly an unforgettable experience, I tell you. For the best customer service in the industry, with fun and safety as a priority, you can book your next dive adventure at deepobsessioncharters.com, or you can call them at 561-707-2045. You can also find Deep Obsession Charters on Facebook and Twitter, or you can check out their videos on YouTube. Remember, for the best dive experience in South Florida, it's Deep Obsession Dive Charters. Dive, dive, dive! Hi, this is Jim Rosenhouse with the Cleveland Indians, and you are listening to the Fantasy Jester. I am the Fantasy Jester, and thank you, Jim, for bringing us back in. Spicy Sports Jambalaya has been one heck of a show tonight, folks. As we go ahead, we've hit the WWE. We've hit Major League Baseball. We've hit the NHL. We hit the NBA. You know what's coming up, the NFL. And you know what else is coming up over these next couple of weeks, folks? Here's what's going to be coming up for us sports fans. You know, we have backlash tomorrow night, and, you know, we're going to have our coverage of that come up on the FXE show this week 
On that FXE show, we're going to go ahead and be able to give you the Backlash Breakdown, the Raw Review, and also the SmackDown Review, and see how that all plays out. These next three days of wrestling are going to be entertaining, and they will be covered fully by our staff, FXE Live, Wednesday night, 9 p.m. You don't want to miss that. And who will we be signing this week? We've got a big one for you this week. FXE and FXE Live will be going live. The last 15 minutes, again, more than likely, will be the last 15 minutes. I'm going to try and squeeze more. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I know we're, I'm playing in 15, and I hate to throw the production department into a tizzy if I go ahead and change my mind. How dare I? Uh, right now, you know, you set up for 15 minutes, and uh, we got to do this, this. All right. You're killing me, guys. Um, so, you know, definitely 15 minutes worth of live. And FXE, Florida Extreme Entertainment, and they're signing this Wednesday starting at 9 p.m. You don't want to miss that, wrestling fans. Football. It continues with the Gridiron guys this Thursday, 7 p.m., as myself, JT, and Tate break down the game of the week this Thursday, and we start off our predictions for the coming week. And speaking of predictions, we're going to be going ahead and talking about our predictions with Busy J. As we're going ahead, we're getting the whole staff together and doing picks Seeing which one of the staff really, you know, it's not necessarily, this isn't the fantasy part of it. This is just, you know, a bunch of people who like football. You got myself, Tate, JT, Joey, Busy J, Kid Kelly. All of us are going to see, okay, you know, who knows their football and can actually pick the winners of the game. And what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead. We're going to bring Busy J and JT back in in a minute. But, uh, you know, one of the things, I just want to comment about something I saw on the uh, NFL. Actually, two things in particular. Uh, the first one is that, you know, I had somebody text me during the show. And I wasn't going to talk about this, but they asked me if I was going to bring it up. Uh, and, I, all right, fine, I'm going to real quick. You know, I'm glad you can take time, Cam Newton, to floss on the sidelines, Okay. Now, either A, if you only understood that it's not very professional, okay, to be forcing on the sidelines, or second, necessary in the middle of the game, I'm sure, you know, that we needed to force and get something out between your teeth. Um, But you've got to understand that there is, and this is for the younger people who really, I don't understand why why can't he force on the sideline? I mean, if he needs to force, let him force. You know what? Yeah. Here And here's why. Because there are several people who are above the age of, say, 30. Anyone above the age of 30, I'm willing to say, will sit there and tell you how once upon a time in football, if you sat on the sideline and broke out dental floss, the defense wanted to help knock loose whatever it was. You know, the old NFL would have made sure that whatever it was, you wouldn't have had to worry about flossing again. I mean, JT, you're, you're not 
a kid. You're not in your 20s. You're not an old guy. You're right there in between. I mean, could you picture some of the old defensive players watching the quarterback sit there and floss himself on the sideline years ago? No, no, not at all. I mean, can you imagine somebody like uh, Jack Lambert, who was missing teeth as it was to begin with, if Terry Bradshaw was sitting on the sideline uh, with dental floss? You know, I, I understand Cam Newton's a different, you know. Yeah, they would, you know. I mean, Cam Newton's a different kind of cat. I get that. He's the reigning MVP. Okay, I get that. But it's yep. just there's something to be said about having your head in the game, supporting your defense, which is out on the field, uh, instead of supporting healthy teeth and gums for that 60 minutes, which is an NFL game. So I saw that, and I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it at all. Is he eating ribs or something? I know how I get like that. Or was it popcorn? Sometimes I get the little kernels stuck between right. teeth, maybe. He had some popcorn. Yeah. I don't know. Dizzy J, yeah, you're I mean, a younger guy. You're one of the younger guys. You're okay with it? You don't really feel that it's a big deal? No, I, I think it is a big deal because it sends the whole message. Like, you got time to flush your teeth. You need to be worrying about playbook. I mean, if I was on the other team, I would be, like you said, I'll be trying to knock those curly whites right out of them. So, I don't <laughs> know what he's trying to get out right there. Maybe that was his way of taunting, you know, the refs and the Broncos. They're like, hey, you guys are hitting me upside the head, but I'm still here. I'm still going to flush my teeth. Who knows? Real quick, guys, before we get to the picks, is it time, and I'm going to go JT first and then Busy J, is it time for the commissioner to get involved when now the Seattle team is planning their own protest in support of the national anthem where they're going to stand arm in arm? Is it time for the commissioner to step in and say, hey, listen, save all that for outside of the workplace at work, this is how we do things. JT, do you think you should do I'm that gonna, at this point? No, I'm going to say no. And as we've talked about on this show before, commissioner needs to take his grubby hands off of what he's doing already. He's already got his face involved in way too much in the NFL. Let the players go out. Make this a non-story. Let them go do their thing. Let them get it done. Let them get it over with. Commissioner needs to stay out of more affairs than he does get into them. Okay. All righty. Uh, Busy Jay, what about you? You feel the same way? How do you see this? Yeah, I kind of agree. I think the commissioner has his hands in too many things as is. If anything, I think the players union might want to get involved because you don't want total team protests like that. You don't want something like that to disturb from the game, especially the first weekend of football, which happens to be 9-11. So you don't want to, you know, you might be the players union. The players union might want to step in here and send an email or memo out tonight, you know, just to like, you know, tone it down a little bit. Do what you got to do off the field, or maybe you know, have something with a practice shirt and you throw on a little button or a pin. But you don't want total anarchy out here. So I'm going to say, yeah, the commissioner has hands and way too many things. Not this. You don't need to be involved in this. You know, you bring up a good point about this. This might be the wrong weekend to show any protest. You know, that is a, that is a fantastic point. And I, I really believe it or not, even though I've, you know, I've changed my Facebook profile picture and all that stuff that, you know, you do to commemorate the time. Um, that's a great point, Busy. I, I really hope that the players don't do it this weekend. 
save it for another weekend, guys. But, you know, there, there's a lot of people that were seriously hurt and affected by 9-11. A lot of people, uh, the country as a whole, came under attack. And it, please don't. Please don't, guys. All right, listen, moving on. We've got our picks. Now, we're starting our picks for the season. And, you know, we started a little late on the Carolina. I didn't get everybody's for the Carolina-Denver game. So, everybody that lost, which was pretty much everybody, uh, because of the fact that I didn't get Busy J's or Kid Kelly's pick on that, uh, we get a buy on that. That game will not be counted on the score because we didn't have anybody. Yes. Right, Jester. Come on, now we should get a buy because it came down to uh, Shankopotamus, Greg. You know, Graham Gano. Oh no, Gano. You know, I that mean, is Shankopotamus. Like he will always be Shankopotamus. <laughs> All right, here we go, guys. Busy J, this is mostly you because we have everybody else's picks, and we'll be able to give everybody's. Minnesota, Tennessee, who do you have? I like Minnesota to win in a nail-biter. I'm going to say 17-14. You said Minnesota? Yep, I'm going Minnesota in a nail-biter, 17-14. Okay, and you're solo on that one. Uh, The rest of the staff has Tennessee. Chicago, Houston. I'm going to go Houston big. Houston big, and uh, the whole staff has Houston, and as a matter of fact, in the very same words as JT, he said Houston big. Cleveland, Philly. I'm going to have to go Cleveland in the squeaker. Cleveland is is, is Dave phone working? Did I just hear him say Cleveland? That's right. I think we're going to see the new and improved RG3. Lead the Cleveland well, Browns to a fifth. And can I tell you something? Okay. You know, first off, uh, as far as RG3 goes, okay, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you right now, that for the longest time, I have not been a proponent of RG3. I thought he was done, okay? I thought that was it. I thought he was a flash in the pan. I'm going to say it here for the first time, folks, and I know somewhere my son will be listening to this show, and I will hear a thud when I say, I'm thinking RG3 might be back. And here's why. I got to watch some game film on him this morning, okay? Uh, This morning, right after, uh, actually, (laughs) you know who I was talking to this morning was Willie McGinnis, and... uh, Right after talking with him, I started watching some uh, RG3 uh, footage, and he looks incredibly poised and calm in the pocket right now. Now, for whatever reason, whatever offense, and however they, they have worked with him, I did not see an RG3 that calm in the pocket in Washington. He looked poised. He looked in control. He, he didn't look harried. He didn't look like he needed to run. He, and, you know, when I saw them down here in Tampa, I saw the same damn thing in person. He wouldn't run unless he really needed to. But when he did, 
It wasn't to gain yards. It was to extend the play, and he was keeping his head looking downfield for the guy who was going to break open for it. You have Cleveland. Mm -hmm. Joey Cage has Cleveland. The rest of us have Philly. And he still (laughs) has no touch on the deep ball. We're going to find out. We're going to find I'm telling you, JT, I, you know, I, I'm you not a fan true. of his, and you're going to see. I'll tell you, I, man, I, I wish I could have turned. the late, great Mel Blank here with me right now so he could do the voice, because I don't have the stuff you have to say. What a maroon. <laughs> RG3. RG3? What a maroon. <laughs> what an ignoramus. <laughs> Thank All you, right. sir. I appreciate that. Anytime. <laughs> And you'll find out. See, I don't mind playing that for you, okay, so that when RG3 does well, okay, you have to say, huh, I was the maroon. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Oh, no. Philadelphia. (laughs) We'll see. Okay, like I said, we're going to see. We're going to see. All right, next up, Buffalo, Baltimore. Who you got, Busy? I'm going to go with Baltimore and a nail-biter. Okay, and I uh, I have Buffalo. Tate has Buffalo. The rest of the group has Baltimore. San Diego, Kansas City. I'm going to go Kansas City big, real big. Wow, big, huh? KC big. Wow. Okay. Uh, we all have KC. Oakland, New Orleans. I'm going to go with Oakland in a, in a nail-biting thriller. I think they get the win in the Okay, dome. you go close. We all have Oakland. You have close. JT has Oakland big. Correct, JT? Yes, I do. 10 to 14 points, two scores. Okay. Tampa, Atlanta. I'm going famous Jameis to get a win in Atlanta with a nail-biter, maybe three-point game. You and JT are alone with Tampa. Cincinnati, the Jets. You know, I was leaning towards Cincinnati, but I'm going to go with 9-11 seed. I think the Jets come out, play hard at home, and they win in a and they win in a throw in a throw close game. Another close one. Huh? You and I are alone with the Jets. Green Bay, and I was hoping I had that one all by myself. Um, Green Bay, <laughs> Jacksonville. I'm going Green Bay. In a nail-biter. They pull it out late. I think they're going to be close games this week, huh? You know, we are across the board. First week one, here we are. Across the board, I mean, this one is mixed. We are split as a group, and and it really does vary all over the place. We have uh, Tate, Busy J, and Kid Kelly on Green Bay. Tate even went to say three points. Busy J said close. Joey Cage JT and myself took Jacksonville, and JT said 10 points. Should be interesting. Should be that. that obviously, with that kind of split three and three, we're, we're going to have one hell of a game out of that one. Miami, Seattle, who do you have? Seattle, huge. I'm going Seattle, three scores. Okay. Um, I have Seattle by 17. Tate has uh, Seattle 10 to 14. JT has 21 points. Everybody has Seattle, and you have Seattle big three points, three touchdowns. Yep. Giants at Dallas. 
Going with the G-Men. No Romo, no win. I think the Giants win by 10 points. Okay. Um, you know, and that's the thing I've been saying is, uh, you know, I'm hoping – Boy, I'll tell you, it's going to be a, a, a sad season if two rookies, a rookie quarterback and a rookie running back, beat up on the Giants this week. And I, I am so in fear that as I watched a rookie running back like Devontae Booker, you know, fumble on his first carry the other day, I'm like, okay, and Ezekiel Elliott now will be the yang of that. See, we had the ying of not very impressive rookie uh, handling the ball and, you know, really wasn't overly impressive in, in his first sets of carries that night. Now you're going to have the yang of it. Now you're going to have Ezekiel Elliott run like a rape eight all over my giant defense. You're going to have Dak Prescott set all kinds of rookie records. I mean, I feel like I'm getting ready to see my biggest nightmare come alive. My only hope is that they actually feel the pressure of Jerry's world come crushing down on them as they come out of that, as they come out of that walkway to a hundred thousand people and the New York giants staring at them. I can only hope, okay. One or both of them feel that pressure. Well, well, Jester, I don't know if you noticed, I don't know if you heard about this story, but a new head coach, Ben McAdoo had the team watch, Key elements of the Game of Thrones, like he had to watch the Red Wedding and a couple other scenes. Huh. Like he had to watch, the, he had to watch them in an entirety, getting the folks motivated. Like, hey, we got to go into Dallas, we got to get this win by any means necessary. So I'm kind of liking the whole Game of Thrones yeah. analogy yeah. to it, and you know, it's us and against and the and world in that big coliseum. So once I heard about that and I read that article, I was like, okay. I, I kind of like where he's going as a new head coach. Apparently, apparently the episodes uh, reruns of Golden Girls were not available to Coach McAdoo, so Game <laughs> of Thrones it is. Listen, here's the thing, and, and this is this is the other part of it that's scaring me. Okay, is that since McAdoo has joined the Giants, we have gone down each year in offensive points scored. Now that is of concern, and. I don't care if he's watching the Golden Girls, Game of Thrones, the, the, the Game of Golden Girls Thrones. I don't care what it is. Okay? He better make sure he does something. When you have an offense now, like the Giants' offense should be, this is a team that better be putting up, on average, 28 points a game. They have that Agreed. potential there. And with that defense, they're going to need to. Detroit Indy, Busy Jay. I'm going Indy in a close gun, probably a five point, four point game. Indy five points. I've got Indy. Tate's got Indy. Um, and you have Indy. JT, Joey Cage, and Kid Kelly of Detroit. New England, Arizona. No Brady, no Gronk, no win for the Patriots. I'm on Arizona by ten. We all have Arizona except for Kid Kelly. She is sticking with New England on this one. Oh, yeah. Kid takes a loss on that one. Pittsburgh versus Washington. Uh, I guess I'm going to call this one my upset of the week. Maybe I'm going Washington. I think Kirk Cousins on a he's got a lot to prove, and I think he's going to put up some points. And I think Washington wins by six. 
I think you're going to be upset when you find out that JT and myself both took Washington. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Tate, Tate, Joey Cage, and Kid Kelly took Pittsburgh. Okay. Interesting. 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 Some of us, some, yeah, some of us are a little bit more informed. That's all I can say. Um, <laughs> the Rams, <laughs> the Rams versus San Francisco. You know, it's funny. They, they put the ugliest game on last for week one. And I think the Rams win, win a squeaker in a very low-scoring game. I'm thinking 14-13 kind of game. Rams 14-13? Yeah. Okay. Um, I have the Rams. Yeah, uh, I have the Rams uh, winning 2017. Tate has the Rams winning 2024. JT has 17 to 3. Uh, Joey Cage and uh, Kid Kelly both just have the Rams. So we have the Rams right across the board on that. So, uh, you know, that, that's pretty interesting. But yeah, you know, I was always taught, and what I've been uh, trying to do is, you know, on the wrestling shows, we're trying to guide it so that you're going to end up with, you know, the highlight, the big moment right at the end. And this week, the football week ends with the beauty, the NFL classic, gridiron classic of Los Angeles Raiders versus the San Francisco 49ers, one that will go down in NFL history. You know, I tried. I tried that. You know, you can only do so much. It's the Rams versus San Fran guys. All right, folks. We're going to finish this off now. Here we go. King's Ransom or Fool's Gold. This is the uh, newest edition of our fantasy picks where the guys get to take turns and ask me a question regarding players, and I let you know, King's Ransom or Fool's Gold. JT, what's the first one you have for me tonight? First one I have for you tonight is Wide receiver Deshaun Jackson versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Is he a king's ransom, or is he just a fool's gold? Uh, In this game against the uh, Pittsburgh uh, secondary, uh, and I still, at this point in his career, uh, Deshaun Jackson still has the speed, and that Pittsburgh secondary isn't the Pittsburgh secondary of years ago. In a high-scoring game, now, if you're talking about PPR league or standard league, you can go ahead and he is King's Ransom. He's good for at least one touchdown this weekend. JT? Uh, busy Absolutely. days. Absolutely. Yeah, go ahead. What? What were you going to say, like JT? I was going to say, you know, you look at that, and Jordan Reed's going to attract a lot of attention in the center of that field and leave him one-on-one with somebody. So, you know he's going to get at least one downfield. You're going to see a, a high-scoring game. You're going to see Washington at least score four touchdowns, which means that you're going to probably get one from him. You're going to get one from Reed. Okay, I wouldn't be surprised. You get one from Garcon and one from the running back. I, they're really going to spread out that scoring uh, but, yeah, I see uh, Deshaun definitely. Uh, Busy Jay, what do you have for me? 
I just say I got. I'm going with Sam Bradford. We all know how much Philly gave up for him. I mean, how much? I'm sorry, how much Vikings gave up for him? Now, mm-hmm. Teddy Bridgewater only threw 14 only threw 14 touchdowns last season. Kings ran some fool's goal. You think Bradford gets at least two touchdowns this week in Week One? He's uh, not going to get the two touchdowns because he's not going to start. Not they're going to start. Yeah, they're going to. They're going to start the other guy, uh, Hill, right, JT? Yeah, Sean Hill's been named the starter. Yeah, I that's what I thought. Him. Yeah, so Sean Hill's going to be the starter. And going forward, you know, uh, you mentioned the 14 touchdowns and all on the season. And I am willing to say that much to the surprise of Teddy Bridgewater and the Minnesota fans, whether it's Sean Hill or Sam Bradford, they're going to have more than 14 touchdowns at quarterback position. And they should. It wasn't like that. Uh, the offense, the receivers on that team were that bad that you should have only 14 touchdowns. You've got Kyle Rudolph at tight end, great pair of hands. You got some great receivers on the outside. I don't know what's up with some of these guys that they're not using like Cordero uh, Patterson. Okay. But you can dump it off to Peterson. You can dump it off to McKinnon. There are plenty of weapons on this team. Okay. You saw the emergence of Diggs. You know, there are plenty of weapons on this team that I don't care who the quarterback is. I should be able to go there, be a quarterback, and register at least one passing touchdown a game. That's how I look at it. So, um, you know, I'm wondering how much they really are going to miss. Teddy Bridgewater, okay, either Sean Hill or when Sam Bradford starts playing. So that's what I've got. And as far as passing touchdowns this week, uh, out of the uh, my uh, the uh, Minnesota quarterback position, I would be hard-pressed to see two touchdowns out of any quarterback, whether it's Bradford, Hill, or Bridgewater. JT? So – Tight end Zach Miller is slated to replace Martellus Bennett at tight end in the Bears' offense against the Houston Texans. King's Ransom, full gold. Uh, you know, here's the, uh, here's the thing is, I'm, I was going to say, you know, if, at first light, you would look at it and go fool's gold. Um, but here, and here's why I might change that pick. I'm finding out that, uh, once again, White isn't 100%. So White's not 100% on one side, on the outside. Alshon Jeffrey is going to draw the double team. Now, all of a sudden, all right, now you're starting to see where Miller could come into play. You know, uh, last year, Cutler showed that he loves going to the tight end position with Martellus Bennett. I don't see that changing. I'm going to say he is a sleeper and a nice grab if he's still available somewhere, folks, for two touchdowns this week. That's King's Ransom. I like it. I like it a lot. Busy J, you're up. I like it a lot, too. I like that one. I like that one. I got a good one for you here, though. Go ahead. Your boy, your boy, Dylan Ramsey. He's been talking all week, you know, telling Rodgers, please throw it my way. 
Fool's Gold or King's Ransom, Jalen Ramsey gets his first interception off of Aaron Rodgers. You know, uh, it's going to be a high-flying affair between these two. You're going to see some score. You're going to see a lot of balls being thrown around. And simply because, you know, the running games of Jacksonville still isn't one of those. That, that's a passing mm-hmm. offense. Don't be fooled, folks. Yeah, they grabbed Ivory. Uh, and Yeldon is uh, looking like he's trying to come on a little bit. But I'm going to tell you right now, don't be fooled. Jacksonville's a passing team. And, and obviously, we all know that no matter who's back there running back, uh, that's Aaron Rodgers' team. You know, I don't. Uh, Lacey has rededicated himself. You're going to see uh, a little bit more running out of him than usual. But you're still going to see Aaron Rodgers throwing that ball on average, uh, approximately 30 to 35 times in a game. That's just my opinion. I, I don't see that changing. Now, in that, you're going to be playing against, and you're going to want to test that rookie corner. And for the most part, in more times than that, I would say go ahead, test that rookie corner. Unless that rookie corner is Jalen Ramsey. I'm going to say King's Ransom. He gets one. He gets his first one, very first game against Aaron Rodgers this week. I'm saying that's King's, King's Ransom. Yeah, that's a good one. JT? Okay. Tennessee Titans running back, DeMarco Murray versus the Minnesota Vikings. You've got Derrick Henry in the mix in this as well. King's Ransom, pulls gold. <laughs> I, uh, I am staying away from both of those. Uh, for for the reason both of the, it's a timeshare, and, and let's not fool ourselves. While we talked about how poor the Minnesota passing attack may be from a touchdown standpoint, uh, the one thing that you can't make a mistake about is the up and coming and continuing to get better Minnesota defense. And I think you're going to have a hard time. This isn't going to be a big scoring game in general. I, I don't see a lot of points going on this board. I mean, I really see um, as an over-under, under 35, clearly, you, you, you're talking in about a 31 range for sure, okay, where you're not going to see a lot of points go on the board. So uh, in that, you've got a stout defense that I believe is a, a stout enough, okay, defense, in a timeshare with Derrick Henry, who's a beast and going to be a goal line. I mean, I would just stay away. I think that is, I think that's fool's gold. If you go near DeMarco Murray this week, folks, just stay away. There's, there's better options out there for sure that aren't facing that kind of defense. And in a timeshare with one of the best backs, one of the top two backs coming out of the draft this year. Who's next? Next. Send in the troops. Who's next? <laughs> Zach, we all know big old Zach is going to be starting a quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Do you think he will give you four touchdowns on Sunday night, on Sunday afternoon? Fool's gold, King Ransom. Four touchdowns from Zach, Dak Prescott? Is that what you asked? Yeah, four touchdowns. 
you know, somebody, if, if I could go ahead, you know, it was great that I, I really wish that I could have a teleporter. Teleport my my behind to New York right now and just like, you know, reality slap you. How dare you even ask that? How dare you even ask that? Dak Prescott, four touchdowns. My hope is that he has four teeth left after the game. Four touchdowns. Four touchdowns. No, that's fool's gold. Get out of here with that. Four touchdowns. Dak Prescott going to be rookie starter, okay, and playing against the best damn defense out there. Go blue. No, I can't even say that. Damn it, man. Damn it. But, no, I definitely can't. Four touchdowns. Let me tell you something, folks. Okay, if Dak Prescott uh, – here's a prediction for everybody. And this one – take this one to the bank. Take this to the bank as we go ahead and get ready to wrap this up. Oh, I hope – listen, here's real simple. Dak Prescott plays my Giants this weekend in a great game, a four o'clock game for you folks out there. And if Dak Prescott throws four touchdowns, I promise you, okay, you will be reading my obituary because I will shoot myself. That's my prediction. I will be a dead man if he does throw four, to, uh, four touchdowns. Thanks so much for joining us, folks. This has been Spicy Sports Jambalaya on the Fantasy no. Justice Show, where we have covered every damn sport you possibly want. JT, Busy J, and myself. Thanks so much for joining us. Catch everything you ever wanted. I am the Fantasy Justice. One moment. I am out of here. Capture. Just let it flip. Yo. His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy There's vomit on his sweater already Mom's spaghetti, he's nervous But on the surface he looks calm and ready To drop palms 